This week's episode of I Was a Teenage Film Snob is not brought to you by a sponsor, just like always. I am still, however, collaborating with Tyler Hansen and Harley Bronwyn to support their upcoming fan film, Scream the Fan Favourite. If you would like to support their project, please visit the Indiegogo campaign, or you can also learn more about the project by listening to episode 28 of the podcast. As little as $5 can make a huge difference, so please uh, give them a hand if you can. Enjoy the show. Welcome to I Was a Teenage Film Snob. I'm James Chalmers, your friendly neighbourhood film snob, and I'm still in hell. Um, I think I've got to mention that in the last episode because I was truly in heaven. Uh, but as you may have heard when Tina interviewed me, I am trapped in hell. My time machine got knocked off course. I'm no longer lost in time, but um, I am uh, amongst the flames and the demons. And it's not too bad. They like to talk about horror films, so that's, you know could be worse there's lots of heavy metal all sorts of stuff um it's really it's where i want to be um so don't listen to your local church the hell's okay uh we are continuing the conversation about horror films being october and everything spooky and uh when i want to talk about spooky things i bring i bring along my spookiest friend my oldest friend and uh the person who got me into horror films i don't know if he knows that but uh we'll talk about that more soon but please welcome back after a bit of a hiatus uh the very spooky and very clever Josh Sacco. Hello, hello. I was um, waiting for you to like throw a pumpkin head at me or yeah, go, hello. I know the spooky catchphrase. <laughs> hello, hello. That's pretty spooky. I um I do think of you as as my spooky friend. Like you got you did get me into horror, but also you were just always into um the like I don't want to say weird stuff, but it, it is weird stuff. But it was like, you were like, I'm not into the normal stuff. I don't want to watch like the, you know, we talked about this in the, when we talked about cartoons a while ago, you were like, I want to watch the Nickelodeon stuff. I want to watch the R Real Monsters. I want to watch the stuff that not all the other kids are watching. Um, you know, you were the first person I knew that was into Tim Burton and Nightmare Before Christmas and stuff like that. Um, and I didn't even say welcome. But welcome back to the show, Josh. I just <laughs> is what I'm saying correct? Is it, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had, I think so. I was really into that, like the weird stuff. Like I had a goosebumps party. I'm pretty sure. Do you remember that? I do remember that. And you had the nightmare. Oh uh, no, uh, Night at Horrorland video game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was like a, I think there was like masks or something that we could make. I have vague recollections of it. There's that, I was thinking about the other day, because, like, I had the Goosebumps party, but it wasn't dress-up, and then one person thought it was dress-up, and that was <laughs> Darth Vader. Darth Vader. You know that popular Goosebumps character, Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> and she was, like, and it was, a, it was a girl, too, and I felt, because it was, like, a neighbor, and I felt really bad. She, like, when she saw everyone else wasn't dressed up, um... She like, took up a mask and got angry and cried and ran out. Uh, really... I mean, um, it is very funny, but you do, yeah, at that age, that sucks. That makes me think of, do you remember that episode of The Office where they go to the Diwali festival and Michael thinks it's a costume party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that was a good party. I do remember that. Like, I've, like that was, what, grade four? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 
Yeah, something like that. When Goosebumps were at its peak. Loved Goosebumps. Yeah. I've um, already got a few of them. Actually, I think at my dad's place. I think most of my Goosebumps books are at... Um... TV shows were, like, chilling. Especially, like... Um, I loved... Mask? Yeah, I, I... Yeah, I loved Monster Blood. And I don't know if they did Monster Blood. I like the book. But um, the one with the, the dad who turned into, like, the... the don't go into the basement. Yeah, don't go in the basement. And the twist ending, like, is yeah. so messed up. And like, the dumb the one, yeah, the dumb one always got me as well. I also remember there was the one um, where they went to the camp, and then the twist was that they weren't actually on Earth. It was yeah. a really weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really weird one where like there's like a werewolf like abducting people like from the camp or whatever, and people's clothes were missing and stuff. But then like at the very end, of, like it was a train. This was a training camp to get ready for our next adventure we're going somewhere really strange a place called earth and i was like what like yeah. <laughs> wait what <laughs> uh, there's another useful book called the blob and yes and uh, is it is that does that have the invisible kid in it i can't remember oh no that's is that a different one i can't remember if that's there was like a blob type one um and then there was i think the invisible kid was something else yeah anyway it was from the perspective of like um this imaginary person and you okay. find that the imaginary person is human and everyone else is like a monster. Um, but you can't see the human. They're like the imaginary friend and everyone else is a monster. I can't mm. remember what book that was, but I really like that one. But yeah, the TV shows were chilling. Uh, I remember, I think the first episode was Night in Terror Tower. And there oh, was yeah. like the, um, it was like the Executioner's Hood or whatever. Uh, the Haunted Mask was my favourite one. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. Uh, and those books had the best artwork. Like yeah. the, that cover art. That, but like before I was into comic books, like Goosebumps book, that was like pre, like the only art maybe better than Goosebumps was Animorphs. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved Goosebumps. They um they made a couple of Goosebumps movies. They were pretty fun. I've, no, I haven't seen the first one. I haven't seen the second one. But the first one was great. I, I liked that a lot. Yeah. I always remember the game where you have to select the pumpkins in order and it goes, the scarecrow walks at midnight. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but going down to the sewer is the scariest part of that game and the werewolf run. Um, I um, I don't think I got to play because I, I remember, I think you got it for your birthday. Um, and this is a really long introduction to what we're talking about today, but that's okay. <laughs> and I think like there was an issue with it installing. So like by the time like it loaded up the menu screen, like my dad arrived to pick me up. So I was like, oh, cool game. Uh, <laughs> Good work, Windows 98. Uh, it might have been 95 at that point. Yeah, um, probably. Uh, listen to I Was a Teenage Film Snob, where we promote old Windows systems, <laughs> which was superior. Well, 98 could have Encarta 95 and 98. So. Oh, Encarta. Encarta, that's a sick reference for anyone who's old like us. Um <laughs> So you got me into horror films. You and our, and our group of friends, but particularly you. Because um, I remember we would do movie nights whenever we would um, do, like, hangouts or whatever. Like, you go and have sleepovers at a friend's house. And obviously video games is a big part of it. But I remember we'd go to the video store. And I was the wimp. Like, when people listen to the show, like, they hear me talk about movies a lot. And I talk a lot about horror. I get the, the feeling people are like, oh, he must have been a horror fan all the time. But I was the wimp. Like, you guys had to, like, make so many sacrifices to get me to watch something. Like, we watched a movie called Sphere, which I don't really remember. But, like, I remember you guys being really bored by it. And Tremors, which is a cult classic, and I haven't seen it since. 
But I remember you guys not being all that impressed with that film either, just because I was so terrified of horror. I love it now, though. Trainers is awesome. Uh, I haven't gone back and watched it, but I've got to give it another spin. Um, and then by the time I did get into horror, and I was saying this to Tina a few weeks ago, I was like, I built up my tolerance. I've tried everything to catch up with you guys. I was like, guys, I like horror now. And you guys are like, yeah, we're not really interested anymore. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was too late. Um, but uh, I, that didn't bother me. I, but at that point, I was hooked. Like I was just like, this is awesome. Um, so we always talk about like the origin things on the show. Where does it begin for you? What is it about horror and monsters and creepy things that really, uh, I guess, gelled to you at such, you know, and when did it begin? I, I think I've said this before, but I reckon most of my movie knowledge and introduction of things comes from like watching movies with my dad. Yeah. So, and him not putting a proper filter in place for my <laughs> age. So I was exposed to a lot of things like at a young age. Um, not not like terrible like stuff, but like probably more than I should have seen. So watching the blob, mm. like the original blob, like just I'll have this image forever since it like cemented in my mind of like dead people like gasping for air in like a blob <laughs> mm. jelly mass. Um I know, just remembering them random things and I don't know when it started, but just I think, yeah, just being exposed to it. And yeah taking interest in like the unusual and weird and there's also a bit of thrill in being scared um, as well but there's, there's a lot of like old movies which have like I can't remember and there's like this movie I can't remember the name but like this kid goes under his bed and there's like this whole monster world and it's a really old movie and it's like it just scare you but like it's probably mm. not now but it's like they're like the sort of movies like never ending story where they're like sort of meant for kids but sort of not like, yeah, those 80s films in particular, like they walk that line where it's like it's for kids but also have nightmares for weeks. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I just I have all these like memories of these random movies where I'll, I was like this is for kids but like sort of like older like teenagers but, you know, like they, they leave like weird nightmares, you know, or weird memories in the head. Well, the last time you were on, I think we were talked about Gremlins and, and Ghostbusters and those are kind of a couple of good examples. Well, they're not really horror films but – they will leave you with nightmares for a little while. <laughs> like there's some pretty, especially if you're young. Yeah, um, yeah. And what is it about about the creepy and the macabre? Because Tina was asking me about this a few weeks ago, and I I gave an answer, and I feel like my answer is always changing because I did say I was like, well, you know, part of it for me was you know I grew up in a relatively strict household when it came to the entertainment we consumed, so there was an element of the taboo for me where I'm like, oh, it's not allowed, so that's therefore I want to see it. Um, and then part of it was the challenge of like, you know, can I not get, you know, how far can I go before I get scared and how far are they going to push the envelope and how gross are they going to make it? Um, and then last week, um, Harley Bronwyn came on, uh, the actress from that Scream film, and she put it so eloquently and beautifully, which was like, look, it's just this, the idea of um, kind of manufactured um, emotional release you know, where, you know, you can watch a drama and you can cry and that sort of thing, but horror takes it to a different place. I'm not doing it justice. Like, she spoke so, like, as eloquently and beautifully and, like, really, like, waxed poetic about why she likes horror. Um, and I, I kind of threw in some, some comments, you know, ham-fisted the way I do. Um, but that was her version. But what, what was it for you? That attracted me to, like, the macabre. 
What is it about the macabre? What is it that like you know? Because not everyone, the most people don't like it. So why are yeah. we? Why are we so different? I, I aesthetically, I, like I couldn't pin, like pinpoint why I like it. It's just one of the things like I like it because I like it. But um, I don't like gross stuff. Like I don't like like I like like horror stuff like skeletons and you know um, you know graveyards and like the sort of you know like the the traditional sort of like horror stuff but I don't like the gory stuff I don't like seeing like broken legs spew blood and stuff so I like the you know the, the actual creepy stuff not the gory stuff I think mm. I, I think like there's just a lot of creativity there and it's like a different side of life um like because everyone's it, it is a bit of a taboo thing because everyone doesn't like talking about death and I think that's where it gets the appeal because mm. um, it's like this like sort of um like like yeah it's just it's like the opposite of everything else. Um, mm. and I don't know, like aesthetically, it's, it's cool. Like, it's just a hard thing to answer. Like I can't pinpoint it. Um, That's where I am as well, by the way. Because like, I, I answered Tina and afterwards I was like, I don't know if I'm 100% happy with my answer. Like the answer I gave isn't wrong, but there's just so much to it. Like why do I like Jason? Well, he looks cool. Like, yeah. do you mean? <laughs> but, but but why is it cool that there's a guy with a hockey mask chasing yeah. half naked girls around with a knife? Like that's not, you know, if you ask people stay, they're like, well, that's not cool. <laughs> like, yeah, but there is something cool about it, and I can't really like put my finger on it. Why? Yeah, I mean, like I think about the things I grew up with, like liking skeletons and zombies and you know bugs, and um, it's just like the non-normal stuff that has like that appeal. Um, yeah, I like it's a terrible answer, but I feel like it's it'd be like a, like for me like artistically, it's like a, a cool creative space. Well, I think that is a good answer. I do like that like that answer because you're right. You are very creative. We've talked about um, obviously um, the game, the games that you've been working on, and you as an artist as well, and. Um, from a visual and I suppose artistic point of view, horror and monsters are so engaging and unique. Like it's not the everyday. You don't see it. So you can do some really twisted creative things there. Like I was talking about um, the Xenomorph a few episodes back and I was like, is there a better monster out there than the Xenomorph? Like I can't think of one even now. I like Freddy, I like Jason, but show me something that is so beautifully designed, so elegant, so cruel and vicious, but also, like nothing comes close to it for me. I still kind of like, I've been talking about this. For, I, over. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone's made a, a horror monster, or at least sci-fi horror monster, that even comes close to Alien. Like, yeah, and like most monsters are kind of gross and clunky. Like where, but the Xenomorph is just like, oh my goodness! Like this is, it really is art. Like it's perfect. Mm. Um. Yeah, and uh, I'll throw out a couple of. I'll throw out a name that I always think of when I think about you and monsters, and that's Guillermo del Toro. Um, yeah. Obviously, um, which I think he's a really good example of beauty and horror, you know, and elegance yeah. and horror as well. Yeah. I feel like he does – I feel like his style is so great because it, 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 you definitely can, like, tell, like, it has, like, this really – like, it walks, like, so many, like, lines and then blends together nicely without tipping too far. Like, it's never too gory or it's never too, like – um, it, it makes like it it likes like dancing with the mundane and the creepy mm. um, and then it makes it something poetic and beautiful and I really like the way he does that even like Hellboy like it's got this like I, I don't know what it is like he, that steampunk vibe but he keeps it like 
you know, in like suburbia or like underground and like cities and stuff. And I really like the way he sort of tackles them themes. Mm. He probably is. I don't want to say the modern horror master because the, I don't think there is a definitive one. And like uh, people will point to numerous different names. Like, no, 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 this person's a horror master. But I think from a monster point of view and from a an artistic and creative point of view, I don't think it comes close to the elegance he brings to to his creatures. Yeah, I, I forgot because we talked about him ages ago. You know, like what's your favorite movies? And I completely forgot that he's done like a ton of like other ones. Even like, um, is it? We come out at night, or the one with I think Katie Holmes. Is it something with like little fairies hiding like that? Oh, out? don't go under. Is oh, it like don't look I, under the stairs? Don't don't, don't, don't don't be afraid of the dark. Don't be afraid of the dark. I think, and I really like that movie. And that's a horror movie that's sort of the same sort of style, where it's like creepy but sort of cool and eerie, and yeah. Mm. Yeah, people always jump to like Hellboy and Pan's Labyrinth and now Shape of Water. Uh, well, to be fair, Hellboy's yeah. not really a horror movie. It's not really a good example for this. this. No, 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 of course, absolutely. Uh, but there's, there's some... Pan's Labyrinth is better. I feel like Pan's Labyrinth is like, you know, a good example of his work. Mm. The second Hellboy, I think, kind of leans more into it. Like, it's not horror, but it's got vampires, it's got monsters. Like, this, it's got the infamous market scene that people have mixed feelings about. Oh, yeah, me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All I need to do if I ever want to, like, rile you up is just be like, do you remember that market scene? And, and I won't even have to say Hellboy. Be like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. The rest of it is awesome. Just, just not that market scene. I love that plant creature. I think that plant creature is so cool. And I think I talked about it the last time we were talking about Guillermo. And I was like, that to me is proof that like poison ivy would work in a movie. Like swamp wow. thing will work in a movie. Like if you can do that plant creature, you can do those heroes. Yeah. Uh, because for me, it all comes back to comic books and horror. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, go on. But I, I was trying to think of the t- like where we are, like the the Del Toro tangent sort of. Well, uh, yeah, here's an example. I imagine we'll probably talk about him more that, uh, as the episode goes on. I'm not sure. I I'm honestly, we, we, when we get to your list and we'll get there shortly, I don't know what to expect um, because I know that you like horror elements and monsters and stuff, but. I don't really talk, hear you talk about horror movies that much. So I know that we watched them as a kid. So like, you know, I talked about Final Destination um, in my episode. Uh, I talked about The Faculty and, like, kind of those movies, those early movies we watched to oh, get in. Yeah, what are, what are your movies? Tell me your movies. So I didn't do, I didn't do favourites. What I did was I just chose the five that scared me the most, and I chose movies that scared me at different points in my life. So yeah. the first movie that really scared me was Final Destination. I, rem- I don't know if you remember this, but we were watching it at a friend's house. And the first kill that comes up is when the guy gets choked by the plug in the bathroom. And at the end of that kill, I was on all fours. And you guys all looked at me and laughed. You're like, you okay? I was like, that was really scary. <laughs> like, Because I was, I'd never seen death in a film like that before. Uh, and then the rest of the film's pretty wacky. Like, and then like, it's, it's a, like, and like not silly, just like it's, the kills are a bit more exaggerated. Like Stifler from American Pie gets his head cut off by a bit of metal and stuff. Um, so that was my first one. And then it was The Descent, which I don't know if you've ever seen The Descent, but it's a wonderful British horror film. Yeah, um, I can't remember it. Is it aliens or demons? I can't remember. Isn't it uh, like... like cave monsters? Um, yeah. And they look a bit like orcs, but it was just, um, it wasn't so much the monsters that were scary. It was the human nature, like how quickly friends turn on each other to survive. Yeah. Um, and then my third one was The Hills Have Eyes, the 2006 remake. Um, 
and that was wasn't so much scary, just lingered. It's one of those, all these films lingered with me. Like it just they would sit with me for days afterwards. I remember I watched Hills Have Eyes because, and I'm going to drop a name that you haven't heard in a decade probably. A girl we worked with called Josie at the video store. Um, <laughs> she was she loved horror, but like her boyfriend at the time was like, "Oh, why scare yourself for?" Um, <laughs> Did you think I was going to drop a Levent uh, <laughs> reference today? Uh, what scare yourself for? Uh, so she she recommended. She's like, no, it's good. You'll like it. And it, like, I did like it. And um, but it did like stick with me for a while because it's like mutants eating hearts and abducting people and stuff. Uh, and then was Sinister, which came out about eight years ago. Um, which I never would have watched because it didn't look like, look like my kind of film at all. But then I heard the director interviewed and I was like, oh, that actually does sound pretty cool. And that one scared me. Uh, and then the latest one, the last one on my list was Hereditary. That was the last film to really scare me, um, which is a dark, bleak, sad film. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think I watch horror much anymore, but these aren't like my favourite horror movies, more like the, the movies that left like like a, an unsettling feeling or scared me growing up so that, that was the list wasn't it i'm kind of like i mean look the, the rules are always pretty fast and loose here at the show like i i don't make people like i don't want to be a tyrant <laughs> like i just want to have fun <laughs> um so like i i kind of was i just want to talk about horror for october that was my feeling so i went with movies that scared people the most simply because i know that not a lot of people who have been guests before watch horror like most people who've been on the show are not horror fans and the good thing about that is that you can be scared by a film and it not be a horror film. Like there's plenty of films out there that are terrifying that aren't, you know, yeah. bloodsuckers and, and the walking dead and stuff like that. Um, but I thought that was a nice, easy concept instead of being like, tell me your five favorite horror films, but I'll like, um, I'll go for five films that left you unsettled. That's nice and creepy and macabre. Yeah, well, I, I, in true Josh nature, I took it pretty literally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I did grab movies that they're, they're, they're not my favorite movies. They're actually all, a few of them are, but they're more like that, like actually sort of like left me remembering them growing up. So they, they weren't, yeah. There's, I think there's a difference between my favorite sort of horror movies and the ones that sort of affected me. Um, I remember um, later on towards the end of high school, it might've even been after high school, um, but I was like, I found this horror film. You have to watch it. Uh, and you were kind of over horror, but I was like, no, no, no. Like, you know, like it's, it's messed up. And we liked, we liked Saw. We don't, I think we'd only seen the first two and we liked those because they were horror, but they were more like kind of intellectual. I was, it's so funny to like talk about the Saw franchise as intellectual now. Like I love those movies, but like they're pretty ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. We liked because they were a bit more like Seven. They were a bit more like Driven and stuff. I won't talk too much about Seven in case it does come up because I know you like that movie. Yeah. Um but um, I was like, you have to watch this film. It's, it's messed up. And it was it was hostile. And I remember, like, towards the end of it, like, some pretty gross stuff towards the end of it. And you were like, oh. And I was like, finally, I got him. After all these years, I showed him a movie that was tough for him. I was so proud of myself for making you be mildly traumatized by seeing a woman cut her own eyeball out. So uh, yeah. I would like to formally apologize for making you watch Hostile. <laughs> Uh, all right, we should dive into it. I'm really interested to see what it is. If your number one film is Nightmare Before Christmas again, though, because you've already done it two or three times. Yeah, no, no, I'm, yeah. I, <laughs> that would happen again. 
<laughs> no, it's fine. It's I don't mind. I, don't. <laughs> I mean, like, what, what was it? Favorite favorite films and then favorite animated films. Yeah, um, and we're gonna do nineties soon. So, like, yeah. I was just like, I was like, I wonder whether, like, I know he loves that film, but is he just doing a bit where, like, every time he comes on the show, he's gonna mention Night Before Christmas, no, just as because, like, either way, it's genius. Like, if it just happens to be it, that's great. And if you're just doing it as a, a bit, that's also hilarious. Um, I think coming on these podcasts, I always feel like, I was like, I don't know anything about movies. But then when I come on, I was like, no, I actually know a lot about movies. I've actually watched a lot of movies. Um, I just don't remember it. <laughs> so, that's that's everyone. Like, every, like everyone who's been on yeah. here is like, oh, you know, like I'll do it because I want to. And I like the idea of it. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know much about it. But everyone, like, has heaps to say. Um, yeah. Just most people don't keep a list of every film they watch every single year. Um, I think I'm the only one who does that. So. <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. Alrighty, what is uh, what is first on your list of uh, of spooky movies? I'm gonna kick this off with the, probably the first thing that traumatized me, and that's Pet Cemetery. Um, Pet Cemetery. I watched that for the first time ever this year. Um, so the good thing is I can actually talk about it because I finally seen it. Last time we spoke, I hadn't seen it. You gave me a quiz because you will. Do you remember, like, you were quizzing me on the '80s films? Yeah. And Pet Cemetery was the one answer I couldn't get. I thought it was Poltergeist. And since then, I've seen yeah. it, so yeah. I've redeemed myself. Um, tell me about Pet Cemetery. All right. So the premise is is I can't remember if they buy the house, but um, I so just for instance, I looked up every other film before coming on this show except for that one. That's how much I don't want to like remember that that movie. Um, but. I think the premise is, is what happens is is the, the kid gets hit by a truck while playing yes. the road, which is already a terrifying start. Yeah, um, I waited till I had a toddler before I watched that movie. <laughs> yeah, and then anyway, they bury it. I think that, I don't know, they, they bury it somewhere close by, and then they don't know that they're burying it on an Indian burial ground, or they get some foreshadowing that they're built, they shouldn't be burying in that place. Or they, they get told that, you know, someone goes, you know, you know uh, I can't remember whether they get told that if they read it somewhere. I can uh, tell you. So, because yeah. I've watched it recently, so I can fill in the blanks. But, yeah, they <laughs> moved to this new place. He's a doctor. Um, and their um, cat gets hit by a car. That's the first thing that happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the neighbour yeah. across the road, played by Fred Gwynn, who was Herman Munster in The Munsters. And he was yeah. also the judge in My Cousin Vinny. Um He's like, I can show you a place, and like, there's a there's like a cemetery, um, and like he buries the cat, and the cat comes back to life. Um, right, yeah, that's right. And um, then after his son is hit by a, the son is hit by a truck, the family leaves, but he stays back to like finish some things, and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna bury my son up in the cemetery and bring him back. Um, and then he comes back, but like he's not quite right. <laughs> like they don't come back normal. They come back really weird and kind of evil. Yeah. I mean, I should, I should have looked it up because yeah, that's the whole point of the movie, the pet cemetery. But I like, I like this for me, like left me with nightmares because I watched it as a kid and um, like a young kid. And like, yeah, I just had nightmares from it. There's uh, some pretty graphic stuff. Like there's the football player, I think, who has like his brain exposed and stuff. Yeah. Um, and like, it's typical Stephen King, but it's really disturbing. Like that's one... I didn't know anything about it for the longest time, and I didn't watch it because I was like, oh, I don't want to see dead animals. Like, that was the reason I didn't watch it. And yeah. then I, I heard more about it in a documentary I watched recently, like in the last year or so. And like, no, no, it's about a dead kid. I'm like, well, 
I don't really want to watch a movie about a dead kid either, but I've already bought it, so like I, I will watch it. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's dark, it's bleak, uh, and then the you know, and then obviously like spoilers for a 30, 40 year old film, but like the dad has to then kill his son like again, mm. um, and like when it happens, the kids like, oh man, no fair, and it's just like, oh my god, and the wife ends up being killed as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's she comes back and then yeah. And then, like, just the amount of ooze, like, dripping off them as well. I remember that. But I, I couldn't look this up again. Like, just that's how much it, like, left a mark on me. Um, yeah. It's, um, look, Stephen King is not known for writing the most pleasant light stories. But I think yeah. that's, I think Pet Cemetery might be one of the darkest. Like, even it, like, there's some cool adventure stuff in there. It's, like, it's it's very reminiscent of like 80s Spielberg it's like it's friends on an adventure trying to solve problems um and like Dreamcatcher is just wacky um yeah, yeah. And, and and you know uh Misery while it's very dark is like a, a very like suspenseful um but Pet Cemetery is bleak it's like hey dead cats dead children deal with it <laughs> like that yeah. should have been on the poster <laughs> pretty much yeah um, yeah, it's um, it's 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 a well made film. It's good, like it's a good film, but it's it's not one I need to go back and watch anytime soon. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, that I think that's like what kicked off. I mean, like that didn't give me an interest in like horror stuff, but it definitely like left. <laughs> like more of this, please. <laughs> that was definitely the one that like gave me nightmares as a kid. Um, but yeah, when was when was the last time you watched it? Probably like then, and I probably saw it on TV randomly, and probably just went no. Nah. <laughs> it um, and I knew I knew going into it when I went to when I finally watched it this year, I knew that the 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 kid gets hit by a truck, and there are so many truck scenes before the child actually gets hit by the truck. Yeah. Every single time, I was like, "Here it comes!" I was like, "Okay, it still hasn't." It happens like four. There's like four fake outs. It's just like. Here we go. Okay, it's not gonna like it's just it was so like it gave me so much anxiety. So yeah. by the time it happened, I was like, just kill the kid already. Like, just yeah. get it over with so I can deal with this really upsetting thing. We can move forward. I, um, I always remember the shoes on the road. That's what yeah. I, yeah. What a haunting image. <laughs> yeah. Kids' shoes on on the road. Is there any? I can't even, can't even remember if there's any blood, but it's just like yeah, a very very innocent image of just like saddle shoes or, or sneakers or whatever they are. Um, and yeah. no one wearing them. Like the the body is gone. Yeah. Um, oof, that that's tough. I'm getting I'm getting weak in my old age. Like I was, I've talked about this a lot lately. I just feel like as I get older, I struggle to watch like creepy stuff more, like unsettling stuff. There are movies that I would have watched before I had a kid that I could never watch now. Where I'm just like, you know what? And Pet Cemetery is very close to being one of those. I'm like, you know what? I've seen it. I may never need to watch that again. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. not until she's like a teenager, and then I'm like, "All right, she's not going to be hit by a car as a toddler. She's got her own wits about her. We can now watch Pet Cemetery and have a good time with it." Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, my next one is The Shining. Oh, what a great movie! I love The Shining. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's not scary now to watch, but it's definitely like like unsettling um, for, for many different reasons, you know, just the, the supernatural mystery around the, you know, the hotel, motel 
Hotel, motel, motel. Uh, the Overlook Hotel, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just like the the change, like so, like I mean, he's already sort of like you know abuser, but like then like it's just like takes that step forward with like you know the insanity, and like the like the iconic you know running through the hedge, you know the hedges and stuff. I um. I think it's still scary. Like most parts, like for the most part, it's not. But that room two thirty seven scene with the old woman in the bathtub, like yeah. that's still scary. <laughs> um, it's brilliant though. I watched it. Uh, it's on my list to watch this October. I'm working my way through some horror films at the moment, and I watched it again. Oh, I watched it in the last year or so, and it's really, it's my favorite Kubrick film. Um, I know that people don't like it because it skips things from the book, but. I think it's just perfectly shot. It's cast really well. I know that some. I know that Shelley Duvall didn't have the best time in the film. I think Kubrick was quite cruel to her. Um, but if you just take the movie for what it is and, and ignore, you know, kind of the behind the scenes stuff, it's just so well executed. Like even that little kid, just like hello, I'm Tony. Like <laughs> it's so creepy. Yeah. Uh, I remember we sat down to watch it. You, Tina, and I one Halloween a few years back when I was before I, I lived in this house. But I was like, we'll watch horror films together and we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I loved, but you guys were like, oh, she just screams for the last half an hour. And they were like, let's watch, let's watch The Shining. And The Shining is like a two and a half hour long film and the first hour of it is just talking and like you guys were like falling asleep on the couch. I was like, all right, we'll, we can watch The Shining another time. Um, and that was sort of commentary on the film. It's just more, we just watched an, you know, an hour and 40 minutes of screaming and now we're very tired. Um, <laughs> but it's so good, like Scatman Crothers, like you know, uh, the cold is shining. He's got like, um, it's yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I like the mix because it's like you know, there's like you have the supernatural element that's just influencing like this, this person, and they fall like into like this sort of darkness as well. So you got like these things like pitted against each other and then being snuck stuck in the snow like that's like i feel like it's a like a really good combo of things um and it is it just builds and they're all just thrown against each other at different points it really taps into i was talking about one thing that i've been talking about on the show uh, over the last couple of episodes is why certain like what is horror to different people so like at the end of it like tina picked up that on my list there's a common thread between all the films that scared me most. And that thread was isolation and a lack of control. Like every one of those films are people who are outside, you know, are isolated. They don't have a support system and they have no control over those circumstances. And I was like, I guess that's what I'm afraid of most. And the shining is very much a film like that as well. You know, you've got isolation, three people stuck in a hotel for six months. Um, and the, the and no control. There's a kind of a lack of control there as well, you know. Um, Jack Nicholson starts to go insane and loses control of his faculties and just becomes crazed killer. And his wife and kid will have no control over their own safety because he's just running around with an axe for three hours. Like it's uh, it's it's really frightening. I think that what makes it a good horror movie as well is because like most of these like horror movies is like you go into a place and there's something unknown sort of chasing you but like for them the unknown is like someone familiar to them which makes it more haunting as well 
even though there's other elements, you know, at play here, I feel like it's scarier having that, you know, you know, the protector of the family, you know, mm. sort of come after, you know, one who's supposed to be protecting them. I think I always find that some of the scariest. I remember when I watched the Amityville Horror remake in 2005. I haven't watched it since. That was a film that scared me quite a bit as well, starring Ryan Reynolds. And um, the idea that a father would go insane and then chop his wife and children up with an axe. I was just like, that's frightening. And that's what The Shining is. And that's what hereditary is to, is to an extent as well. Where it's like a family should be this bond that supports each other through the toughest time. Instead, they're all pushing each other away and like mm. isolating themselves from each other. And therefore, you know, really like divide, you know, divide themselves and therefore being a weaker unit uh, is, is, yeah, it's really quite scary. Um, but also like a great, you know, story tool, like to do that. Yeah. Um, but it's really effective. But no, I, I love The Shining. Um, and somehow, I don't know, like whether people would agree with me. Maybe this isn't the right word, but it's also it is kind of fun. I think it is kind of a fun film. Like even though it is, you know, very very drab and very very dark and long. I think there is some fun there. Like not all the ghosts are horrible. Like yeah, the woman in Room Two Thirty Seven is not so nice, and the O'Grady twins aren't so nice. Then you got that bartender, like he's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> I think it's classic Stephen King. Like, you know, there's a little bit of like dark humor there. It, like, and that's what makes it more horrifying because you got like these all these characters that are sort of like chill making jokes, or mm. it just throws you off because you know you've you know it's classic Stephen King. Like, there's always something you know absurd sort of in the corner. Mm. Interesting to see that you've got two Stephen King films already. I wonder if we'll get any more. Um, but The Shining, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of The Shining. I think it's a wonderful film. Did you end up watching the sequel? Yes. I I can't remember if I liked it or not. I think, because I, I really like the way, I don't know if there's like, the, there's like some sort of like, you have to shoot Stephen King movies and TV shows like this, but they all do have a similar style. Mm. So I don't know if there's like, like someone's like, this is the way you have to do these movies, but I really like Stephen King movies, like all of them. Like, mm. and I really like this and I like the connections and like the filling the holes. Um, I think it goes for a while. It does. I loved, I loved the book. I remember when I read The Shining, um, someone said, are you going to read Dr. Sleep next? I was like, no, I will eventually, but I feel like Danny really needs, now that I understand, now that, Danny lives within me. Like now that I've read that book and I, I, I've had him in my mind, I want Danny to have some peace. So I'm not going to read Dr. Sleepy because I don't know what it's about. And I want that little boy to be able to just exist and have a nice childhood before I'm sure things go awfully wrong in Dr. Sleep. Um, <laughs> Dr. Sleep was a wonderful sequel because it had almost nothing to do with The Shining. Yeah. Like it's a brand new story. And obviously they, they did the movies well. I do like the book better than the movie, which isn't really a surprise, especially with Stephen King. The books are often better than the films yeah. um but i really loved that it was became this whole other thing and like it's this cult to feed off the shining and you know it's this whole yeah it, they he took it he took it in a, a very unpredictable way and therefore made it enjoyable but yes that film is long i've only said it the one time but i'm i will i will try and watch that this october as well again because um I, I, I thought it was a good movie and i liked you know going back to like you know the hotel and you know, mm. all the all the bits and pieces and like the references and yeah mm. it's cool nice one what's next on your list uh seven i uh, I, I i thought it might be on there 
<laughs> did we watch that together the first time we saw it? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've got so much to say, but I'll let you start because this is your list, and I keep just commandeering. No, it's fine. You're better explaining. I, like this is my thing. Like I can remember bits and pieces, but I can't remember the, like plots for most of these things. So I haven't rewatched them in a while. Um, but I, from the, the Seven's like an awesome movie. Like I, it's like it's unsettling, but it's actually a really well written movie. Um, but essentially, like he's like an investigator, and he starts coming across these uh murders and they, they mm. sort of sort of figure out that they're like the the seven deadly sins is pretty much the gist of it and he gets yeah. entangled in it and like this sort of like killer starts playing mind games with the investigator or like yeah. this sort of like cat and mouse type thing that's, that's, all, like, ve- that's very much it yeah so um brad pitt's like a new or a younger detective on the force and morgan freeman's like a more experienced older more seasoned veteran and they, the first thing they discover is an obese man barbed wired to a chair with, like, beans down his shirt. Um, I haven't seen this movie in 10 years, but I remember that image so clearly. Yeah, that, that and, one I remember, like, yeah. And I think the idea was, like, the killer held a gun to his head and was, like, keep eating, and he ate so much, like, his stomach split. Yeah. Um, and then next was... Hmm... Was it, was it the last? Was it no, like- that one's in the middle of the film. The last one is full. I think Envy. I think it was like a woman with her face cut off. Yeah. Or like a cheating husband or something. Uh, and there's like a, it was like written in blood on the wall. Um, yeah. And then Sloth, obviously, the person covered in bed sores who looks like a corpse. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing it and just being like, what is this movie? Like, what is this? This is crazy. It's crazy how good this is. It's crazy how messed up. That last one is the perfect use of, um, like, uh, I guess, like getting the audience to create it in their mind because you don't see anything. You just see what the device is and yeah. you know immediately, like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like that, like, I mean, like a lesser filmmaker would show you that. They're like, hey, we're going to show you what, what that looks like. But Fincher is so clever and such an expert at crafting suspense and horror. Whereas, like, no, no, you don't need to see the outcome. Here's the picture of the device used, and I'll leave that up to you to, to figure out. Um, and it's really horrifying. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I and the ending's great, and um, how Brad Pitt gets caught up in it is really awesome. Like, there's a few good twists in there, and... Um, I, I think because it's like a horror thriller and I really like thriller movies and I just thought it was like a different kind of horror movie that, you know, I thought it was really clever and it was like for me, like I feel like that that um, uh, gluttony scene is like scarier to me than like just like someone cut up with blood everywhere. Yeah. Well, I know Seven was a big inspiration for Saw. Um, yeah. Like that was one thing where it's like the idea of like a killer who doesn't really kill his victims, like, uh, and making more of a detective story. I heard this really great comparison where someone talked about seven and they're like, seven is a Batman film. They're like seven, seven is a Batman film. Like they don't wear costumes, but Morgan Freeman is Batman. 
Like he is very calculating. He knows everything. He takes his time. He understands how the world works. And Brad Pitt is Robin. He's very uh, enthusiastic. He runs in too quickly sometimes. He makes bad judgment calls. Um, and Kevin Spacey is the Riddler. Like, and when I, I heard that, I was like, oh my God, like that's exactly what that movie is. Like it, that's it's absolutely a Batman. Like it's constantly raining. Like it's it's exactly. And then the Batman came out this year. I'm like, oh, this is a lot like Seven. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really cool. But um, you know, it's a great movie. And like Finch has just got maybe the best record of films. Like I'm trying to think of another director that comes close. But what like else? Fight, Fight Club. Oh yeah. Uh, Panic Room, uh, which is really good. Panic Room is really underrated. That awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gone Girl. He did uh, Zodiac, Girl with that's the Dragon a, Tattoo. Yeah, that's almost like a perfect record. <laughs> like, yeah, like I don't, I don't think he's got a bad film with a bunch. There's probably stuff that there's probably one or two that I'm missing. Um, but yeah, he's got a really good, really good record. Um, mm. Seven probably is my favorite. I haven't watched Seven in a while. Um, there's a girl from my film class when I was 18 who borrowed that DVD, and I, I still don't have it back. Mm. Um, but I do have it on Blu-ray now. I ordered it from the UK. I was like, I need to have seven so I can watch it again. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I, I still would put it under horror. Like, yes, it's more of a detective thriller, that sort of thing. But there's yeah. horrifying stuff in there. Like there's stuff that will unsettle you and sit with you. That last scene is like to this day, as I haven't watched the film over a decade. And like, I still remember everything about that scene. I still remember wrath. I still remember you know, John Doe walking into the police precinct, giving himself up because they can't find him. Um, it's um, it's great. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Um, I was trying to pick out what I'm going to watch tonight, and now I might throw that pile away and watch Seven instead. Because boy, what a great movie that is. Yeah, it's always on like my rewatch list. It just sits there though, because I'll I'll get to it. And like, yeah. Yeah. Don't um. Don't uh. I don't know, don't let yourself miss out on a good film. I've been doing the same thing. Seven's been on my rewatch list for so long. And I said, it's been over 10 years. So, and I think I forgot to put it in my pile for October, but I might just slip it in and be like, you know what? I don't need to watch Cabin Fever again. I can watch Seven instead. Uh, and that's not a diss of Cabin Fever. I love Cabin Fever, but Seven, I haven't watched in a long time. Yeah. Um, and Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, she's good in it as well. She doesn't have too much to do, but uh, you know, when she's in there, she brings some, some, some lightheartedness to a very dark movie. Yeah. Um, that's a great movie. Yeah. All right. Um, my next one, you probably haven't heard of or seen. That is a bold statement. I, and that's, I, I'm going to tell you it. Have you seen Screamers? I've heard of it. Is it more of a comedy? No. It's, it's, everyone says it's like an underrated film that no one's ever heard of and it got reviewed very badly. <laughs> but Screamers, I, I okay. It. So it's like a sci-fi horror. It's essentially, it's essentially, um, it's essentially the thing meets Tremors meets. Um, oh, it's got um, Peter Weller, Robocop in it. Yeah, yeah. I have not seen this, and this is not what I was thinking of. Yeah. Oh, that post looks familiar. Interesting. Oh, based on a Philip K. Dick thing. Um, Philip K. Dick, for those who don't know, and if you listen to the show, you probably do know, pretty much redefined sci-fi throughout like, the 20th century. 
Um, he did like Total Recall is based on Philip K. Dick work. Minority Report is based on Philip K. Dick. Um, tell me about Screamers. All right. So um, this is a movie that I've always liked, but it's really airy. It's got some good bits, but I don't think everyone's really liked it. But I was looking up before, and a lot of people do like it. But they're, they're, it's like an unsung movie. Like it's like you know, a lot of people think it, it's it never got the the credit it deserves. But essentially, um, you know, it's in the future. They're like mining a planet, and what happens is is the miners find out like you know it's really toxic there. Um, and then they start going to war with the um, the company or the mining, you know, complex. Um, and then so it's like a, a proxy war, like a you know between the the scientists and then the the miners. Um, anyway, this goes on for some time, and like you know, it becomes a bit of a wasteland because it's also like you know the toxic chemicals are now spilling out into the open. Um, and anyway, the scientists go, all right, so we need to deal with these you know revolting miners. So we're going to build these machines that are just going to, like, go through the underground and then just, like, attack them and kill them. Um, and these things are called screamers because they got, like, the, the sound they make is like a saw blade, you know, okay. a high-pitched saw blade. And um, um, they the, the premise is they won't attack you if you have a bracelet on. So... Um, like, anyways, is it a, a particular bracelet or just, like, any old jewellery? <laughs> like... No, there's obviously one that's... That's programmed them. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm being silly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's sort of like the the, the sort of world. So anyway, enters like they're, they're still having problems. Um, so these mercs enter, um, and then they find out um, that these machines have just gone. You know, they're just like haywire. Like the the the, other, the miners are surrendering, and then like they just get chopped up by these like screamer things. Um, so these mercs are sort of like, what's going on? Um, you know, because it's sort of like desolate now. Like, they don't sort of know what's going on. People are dying. Um, anyway, they find this boy. Um, and they're like, what are you doing out here? And all this sort of thing. And he's got like this little robot teddy bear and everything. And, you know, they, they sort of save him, him side, and then he ends up being like a robot. And that's like a really eerie moment because they're like, what the fuck? And then I find out these screeners are like being building factories underneath and they can evolve um, to be like, they've been evolving. Then um, mm. they can't trust each other because they find out like, you know, like these things can imitate people. Um, so like the, the robots have evolved and then it becomes like a the thing type scenario where they can't trust each other. And, you know, like um, it's sort of like an action-y... Uh, 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 it's like action horror sci-fi type sort of movie um and yeah like they, they sort of don't trust each other like they you know they've got to keep the bracelet on so that's always a thing because like mm-hmm. the, the sort of things can detect you know when you don't have the bracelet on um and yeah that's pretty much it um i was just looking it up online and some of the images gave me some starship troopers vibes i don't know whether like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I, I love that tina hates that movie but i love that movie when you talked about the little robot boy, it did make me think of artificial intelligence. No, <laughs> I was no, like, no. If you look at that, there's like comparisons, but um, the, the, there's, it's really eerie that the boy's sort of like, you know, he's just sort of there and he's like, he doesn't say much. And then they find out he just like opens his mouth and starts screaming. Um, and then like, ah, oh, yeah, that that's like a robot. And then that's a pivotal moment when the movie changes. Okay, because I was like, okay, so you just answered my question. I was sitting there, I was like, so what is it scary about it? Like, not that I'm being like, this doesn't sound scary, but I just wanted to know where the horror. And then you're like, and then the little boy's head opens up, and he starts screaming. I'm like, yep, that's terrifying. Yeah, like, you yeah. just got me. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and well, the, the, the kills are sort of gory too because they, they have blades, so they just chop through things and sever things off. And then the fact that they're like, um, like you can sort of see them go through the ground. So there's like the nouns, like you see these little nouns going through. It's like that that sort of fear that like, you know, you know, sort of wasteland, these things are just going to come after you and just destroy you instantly. Um, yeah. It definitely, definitely coloured me intrigued. Like it definitely sounds something that I, I definitely want to watch. Like I'm getting... I don't know why I'm getting, but I'm getting some Starship Troopers vibes. There might be nothing like that move, but for some reason I am. I think like I think the, art, the armor, the armor sort of feels. That's what it. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was looking it up, and it's it's got some commentary about like um, sort of like how something with the Cold War and just like how people were treated with like you know the mining operations and you know getting sick. Um, it also like it's sort of like commentary on like you know how you know. Um, sort of like uh corporations treat their workers and all mm. that sort of stuff so there's, there's a bit of a commentary like that to the extreme actual fun fact is like you need to smoke cigarettes in that world to keep your toxicity levels down which i think is funny because the air is so toxic like cigarettes purified for you <laughs> yeah i mean the i haven't seen that before i like that yeah that was cool um but I it's love- like ironic you know yeah i love that sort of stuff i i talk about this all the time i'm like because you know me, there are no bad films to me. I'm like, I might, it might not be for me, but like if every film is someone's favorite film, then there can't be any bad films. But just don't be boring. Show me something different. And I've never seen a film where they're like, hey, cigarettes will make you healthy. So I'm like, oh, cool. Well, you've just ticked a box that I've never seen. I'll check out this movie. I wasn't sure because like, I was like, oh, he's going he's gonna to think I'm talking about AI if I mention a robot boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned it. Yeah. Which to me is a horror film. It's so depressing. <laughs> um, that, that film is a horror movie to me. So uh, yeah, I, I that movie always stuck in my mind. I could never remember the name of it, and it always come back to it. And I, I really like it because I think it's just it's there's some. So I'm I got another movie, my last movie on the list, and I'll t- I'll talk about it at the end. But I have like a recurring thing that I think that I find that makes me unsettled that I found um, uh, putting my list together. But like yeah, I just I think there's a, a like a sort of theme building up here with my my scary unselling movies. Um, this sort of fits it sort of slightly as well. Mm. I definitely want to hear you talk about that when we get to the end of the list. I'd love to hear your kind of, your summary because yeah, like that that's what I was just saying before. Like it seems like most people I've spoken to about horror movies, there is that common thread of what scares them, yeah. um, and uh, sometimes it's, it's quite obvious, and sometimes there's a bit more a bit more to it. Um, but I do love that there's a lot in common there. Um, that brings us to number one, the film that you found unsettling, that scared you. Um, is this the one of all of them that scares you the most or unsettles you the most, or is it just... I, I the one, So I think Pet Cemetery uns- like, unsettles me the most, but I, this movie... It's a, it's a rough film, yeah. <laughs> this movie, I think, it, I think it's like, it's unsettling, but it's also really cool. And mm. it's also great, a great movie, and that's the thing. Um, yes yes i just think it's a really good film but also it's like really unsettling and it's sort of the same thing as screamers is like um you just sort of want to watch it and find out what happens and you don't know like you know what's going to happen and who they can trust and all that sort of thing Mm. it um the thing is wonderful um that's not a hot take i think a lot of people feel that way um but like the effects um like the weird dog spider thing um the ending, obviously, the idea of like, is that still Kurt Russell, you yeah. know, or is it someone else? 
Uh, the music, obviously, any John Carpenter film is going to have fantastic music. So he's just a master of synth. Um, just, and it's another one that's you know pretty fun. Like you know, until it's not like all those guys just hanging out like in the shed in the middle of the ice, just having a laugh and a drink and stuff. Like there's a lot of fun to it before it becomes quite creepy and unsettling. Um, it's a gorgeous film. Um, all those opening shots in the snow, like the first shot of you know. Kurt Russell in the helicopter and and all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's yeah, it's it's pretty perfect that movie. Yeah, I mean the visuals are great, and I think it's very like how it starts is very unsettling too, um, with the dog escaping and then Mm. like trying to shoot it down. Um, It's it's like an instant hook. Yeah, which I I think sometimes with horror movies is like like you don't see a lot of horror movies with an instant hook. That goes okay. So I need to watch this. I, I feel like horror movies like to get you settled, and then be like, and then we're going to make you unsettled later. We're going to keep you like you know fine and happy, and then we're going to unsettle you once you like sort of like complacent. But I feel like with the thing, it's like it pulls you in with this like intrigue of like what is that person doing? Yeah, unlike the, and there's a big trend. There's a big trend in like the late two thousands and all through the twenty tens. And it wasn't just horror, but I think horror did it first, where they're like, we're going to open the film with like a jump scare, or we're going to open the film with a gag. Um, Saw did it a lot, where I think by the third or fourth film, they're like, hey, we're going to do a really weird kill up front and then introduce the actual story, like to to get you in. And it's not not really a hook, like it works, but it was more just like, we're just going to show you something in the first like five minutes of the film. So that way you're going to stick around, here's something really disgusting. Yeah. Um, whereas the thing, like, and uh, and Alien does it as well, and a lot of older films is it's like we're gonna take our time, we're gonna show you something a little bit strange, and it's gonna just pique your your curiosity, and you're gonna yeah. come on the ride with us. We'll take our time to get to the scares, and it might take half the film, but we're gonna get there. There's no rush. We're just gonna build that story, get you involved in those characters, keep you a little bit confused and uncertain, and then, bam, Alien coming out of a chest, bam, weird dog spider thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah. which is the beauty of those older films where, you know, and it's not all modern film. Like there's plenty of modern films that do that. Midsummer, um, I, I talked, I've talked about it on every episode in in October so far, because it's one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. takes us time, builds things up. It does, it does actually do that weird thing at, that thing at the start as well, where it does kind of show something creepy, but it's done in a very different way. It's done in a very emotional way, uh, mm-hmm. which does actually like kind of bring you in and get you involved and interested in that, that main character. Um, yeah. But yeah, the thing, yeah, shooting at the dog. I'd forgotten about that. It's been a little while since I've seen the thing, but you're right. It does. I was like, it's so beautiful at the start. You're like, what, when they're shooting a dog? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I just think of the, the helicopter and the snow and that blue sky. Like, it's just yeah. so yeah. Um, so well shot. Um, yeah, it's great. It's, it's a great I, flick. Yeah. I mean, like, I like the tension where, like, you know, they finally figure out this thing can, like, you know, you know, replicate and then mimic you and then take all your, your knowledge and like it's really hard to spot because like I, I can't remember the, is it the blood like the blood that it doesn't like fire that's the sort of yeah fire is the the yeah. weakness but it's like it's like a perfect like like alien like it just like it can take your memories um and all that sort of thing you know your mannerisms. But someone was saying that it, it can't mimic clothes, so they still have to get the, the alien still has to get dressed. 
<laughs> it's so weird that that's the line. It's like, no, it'll get your memories, but it won't get your clothes. Yeah, which which like um, is like a theory with the ending with like who's who's not the um, alien because like the guy apparently like the the uh, not Kurt Russell, the other guy has like a piercing. So they're like, yeah. well, the guy Keith David. Yeah, the guy can't like the, the alien's not gonna like like replicate a piercing unless he like put his clothes on and then put the piercing in. Um, mm. So that's like one fan theory to say like Kurt Russell's like you know the the sort of alien thing. But um, the visuals are great. Like the the special effects are great in that movie. So many good scares. Um, plus, is a good. No, absolutely. Um, and it's a remake. You know, like an old like. 30s or 40s film, maybe 50s, um, you know, The Thing from Outer Space. Yeah. Um, I was just looking it up to try and find the original and I found out that someone did a claymation remake of The Thing called um, Thingu and it's The Thing but if it landed in Pingu's world, um, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds pretty amazing. That's hilarious. So also, I definitely, uh, definitely yeah, want to say uh, that. Sorry? So I definitely want to say that. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing I like about the thing is um, the isolation, which makes it, you know, and the, then the storm. So, like, all these other things in the environment, you know, take it to an extreme because you're like, well, how are they going to make this more intense? And you're like, well, you know, they've got no contact. There's a blizzard. You know, they can't go outside, so they can't escape this thing, even though, like, you know, so they're confined to these, like, tight quarters. Um, I'm a, I am surprised they haven't done more with that the film like, i know they did a prequel back in 2011 which i actually really liked i know a lot of people didn't like it because it felt very similar but i, I did i did like that one from 2011 so it was quite fun but i'm surprised i haven't done more with it like john carpenter's not gonna do anything else with it you can't ruin that first film but like you know we just saw with predator where they put the predator in kind of uh you know native american times you know like uh, with with the Apaches and Predator's been in New York City and Predator's been on another planet um, and same with Alien, like Alien's kind of been all around, like why not put the thing in different climates, like why not put the thing in, you know, uh, the rainforest and have like a weird gorilla elephant thing, <laughs> like, why, like why not, um, I feel like the thing is ripe for franchise, um, I know not everything needs to be a franchise, I'm certainly not saying they need to, but the thing feels the kind of, like the kind of movie where they could do a lot more with it you could tell more stories um, I had the same conversation about, I know what you did last summer recently, I'm like they've remade every slasher film except for that one it feels like and why not, you could totally do I know what you did last summer again um, and the thing I, I feel is very similar like you could do a lot with that um, with that property and just sitting there, like, why wouldn't you? I don't know. Yeah. Why don't you tell more interesting stories? Yeah, I I wouldn't be able to like, I wouldn't know what to do with it because like I feel like there's just been variations of like that whole mimic um, sort of type thing where you know things mimic or like get taken over. So I feel like there's variants of stories through you know other movies or other like sci-fi horrors where you know people like get possessed by like you know an alien. Sort of mm. thing. You don't know if they're they're them or not. So I feel like there's variance in that. That's a good point. Um, very well thought out and logical point there. Um, I just want to. I, I just want. I, I just want to see weird animal monsters. That's I don't think I'm... you can redo like the the kind of monsters and effects in this day and age. 
um, get the same result, I think. Because mm. it's like, obviously, the mimic's like, obviously, doing a terrible job at trying to, like, mimic the thing. And it's like, it's always monstrous. It's like, bleh. That's another film that I watched for the first time this year, Mimic. Um, I, I didn't mind. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, but nothing nothing comes close to The Thing. The only film that I would put on par with being as gross as The Thing, because The Thing is gross. Yeah. Like, we didn't really talk about that. Like, it is cool, but, like, it is gross, yeah. that, tra- that transformation is gross. The only thing I'd say is as gross or maybe more gross as The Fly, um, which is also another mm-hmm. remake. But that one with Jeff Goldblum is a, just a, a nightmare. Uh, it's so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I saw that I was watching through this amazing thing, but the bit where he like goes to like the, the the guy's like about to do like the um the chest sort of vault thing, and then as he like presses on the chest to like resuscitate someone, his hands go through because the chest opens with teeth. And, yeah, like, off his hands. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a great list. Uh, and I'd seen most of the only one I haven't seen is uh, is Screamers, which I'm really in- intrigued by. The more I think about it, the more I want to watch it. Like, oh, I do want to see what this movie is. Um, so I am really intrigued. But the rest of them I've seen, and um, I think it's a great list. Uh, and also different from anything anyone else has mentioned. You know, no, one's ta- no one's talked about any of those films um, in the last couple of weeks, which is good as well. Yeah. My, my heart is not gory, bloody at all it's more um i would say it's more like isolation mm. sort of similar to what you were saying but i so i i was trying to find another movie on this list which was a frankenstein movie but i cannot find it i'm scared it's the one with robert nero <laughs> <laughs> um, um so i just remember watching it like at like some when i was like a teenager like sometime in the morning and there's just a scene where frankenstein's like in the in the snow and he just like beats someone to death. I think it's like, you know, so Frankenstein monster beats Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein to death in the snow or someone. And I just remember that making me really uncomfortable. Um, and then, so, so that's like, for me, I, I sort of noticed the theme in my list and that's the snow. Um, I was thinking that as well. There are, there's a lot of cold, uh, you know, the shining, the thing. Yeah. Screamers has a lot of snow stuff as well. And uh, yeah, and I was like, I feel like the snow is like a really like unsettling like theme for me that I sort of think is cool, but also like I feel like it's very unsettling as well for horror movies that I find very unsettling. I think the snow is so scary because it is a it is a really wonderful setting for horror, and I think a it comes back to that isolation, the idea of like because whenever you see snow in horror films, it's never like snow capped mountains. Or like you know cottages with perfectly like snow covered rooftops. It is the woods. It's the middle of nowhere. So the idea of just nothing but white and it blends in with the clouds. So it just feels like almost like you're in like the matrix. Like you know that matrix. Like in the matrix, has just yeah. white everywhere. Like the just in the void of nothingness, but it's all white. I think that's part of it. But also cold, especially the snow. I feel it like it's a it's a temperature that's makes you feel quite vulnerable because you as people as you know as humans we can't stand we, we can't survive the snow like we need to layer up we need to make sure we you know we're, we're well protected because our body can't handle that temperature drop so it's just like oh whilst there are scary things happening there are monsters also your body's not equipped for this climate so you're like on a time limit yeah um, 
it's a great setting for movies. I, I really enjoy like things in the snow, um, mm. especially when. But I feel like it's for me, it's like a good setting. Um, for, like, also, the, just just like a blood splatter on snow looks very cool. Yeah, just <laughs> that red splash on on pure white snow. Um, that's uh, I, I agree. Uh, isolation and and snow is, does seem like pretty much the the theme here. Oh, the, is it, did you think that's weird coming from me? That that that's like that that's what scares me the most. Aside from like dying animals. <laughs> um, I mean, Seven doesn't really fit the bill either. But Seven's just a really cool film. Um, yeah. So that can fall under just cool. I, I feel though like that's like me saying, "Oh, that's cool," rather than that. That makes me feel uneasy. Well, Seven comes back to my thing about lack of control because, like, it's just like someone is, is taking kind of destiny into their own hands. But yeah. isolation, um, no, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, I think that, um, like, different things scare different people. Like the the uh, when I was speaking to um, to Harley and Tyler last week, like Harley's big thing it was like um, spirits and exorcisms. Like that was a big oh, part yeah. of it. But all, but also, um, all of her films were stemmed in family and grief. Um, yeah. and I was like, and that's why she was able to speak so um, beautifully about the connection of like horror being an emotional, a controlled emotional release, that sort of thing. Um, so like, it, that's also very personal. I think isolation is also very personal. Like as people, you know, we thrive better with friends and family and community than on our own. Um, and no one wants to die alone. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, you know, a very kind of carnal, not carnal, sorry, but like a very kind of base human feeling was like a we don't want to die ever and if we do have to die like we want to be around loved ones and people to support us like dying alone in the snow at the hands of something from another planet sounds pretty terrifying or just Uh, just the snow (laughs) just the snow like you know freezing to death like that's crazy yeah yeah absolutely just dying alone like yeah um so i think that's really rational and, and i think it's a very fair I, yeah, I feel like yeah. The more the more realistic it is, even though we're talking about monsters and stuff, movies like mm. I think the the realistic part of the the environments are what makes it really scary for me. Like yeah, the, yeah. That the more the the more realistic it is, the scarier it is for me. I think. Well, aside that's from the I'm... monsters, aside from the monsters, like the setting setting wise. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I was talking about the descent. Like that's one of the films that scared me the most. Um, and it had nothing to do with the monsters. The monsters are scary and they do provide decent jump scares. But it's five women who are lost in a cave. They can't find their way out. They've fallen down a shaft and they can't get back up. No one knows they're, they're there. Um, and they have to try and find a way out. And also things are starting to kill them. And now they're kind of killing each other so that they don't get killed. Like, it's that whole idea of like, we're trapped, we're isolated. No one knows we're here. There's no way out. It's cold and it's dark and there are things here. Um, so I think that's very similar like yeah. tonally to what you're talking about as well mm. um just the idea of being alone and not being able to get out of that situation like, that's pretty scary yeah i also find i mean no, no this didn't make my list but like demonic stuff does like freak me out like i feel like yeah that whole spirit stuff because i've actually heard stories from like people i know who've experienced it and, like like sort of story like actual stories like of them messing around with stuff and mm. uh I feel like that stuff freaks me out in a different way. Um, like, like you know, like demons and mm. uh, re- religious undead sort of stuff. Yeah, I um, it depends on the demons. Like, if it's um, if it's like demons that are kind of like monsters, 
Not little Nicky demons. No, I didn't mean. I was thinking more like the movie Demons, actually, um, yeah. where it's like people who become possessed, and or even like Exorcist, where like yeah, that, they go green, and so like that doesn't really scare me. But then like, um, like Sinister is one where it's a demon um, who possesses children and you know makes them kill their parents. Like that's pretty scary. <laughs> Like the conjuring, uh, I feel like conjuring made me jump a few times. I wasn't scared of it, but like it's definitely like unsettling. It's a really wonderful film. Like that film is rated MA because it is scary. Like yeah. there's pretty much no swearing, there's very little violence, there's no sex. It is rated MA because it is a scary film. Like it is mm-hmm. just deemed too scary for children to watch. Too too scary for anyone who's an adult to watch. Um, which is a pretty um pretty rare. Like, you don't only get horror films rated, you know, like, restricted due to the fact that they're just too scary. It's normally all the additional things that come with it. But, no, that's a great film. Um, yeah. And that one apparently had a bit of a cursed um, set as well. Like, one of the actresses um, got oh, very yeah. sick. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah Joey yeah. King, who's, who's wonderful. She's, you know, but she, like, had allergies or skin disease or something that she'd never had before or since. But during making The Conjuring, weird things started happening. No, no, yeah, there's a whole sort of bit bit with that like because didn't they get the person who owns the house now to sort of come um or was it the previous people they were saying not to do it or something there's like a whole sort of thing where there's involving the the current owner of the house and then the previous you know people who've like actually experienced it because apparently it's based on a true story um, yeah i'm not sure who the people involved were i think it was previous owners people i think maybe it was even the people who the the movie is loosely based on like the family that were like yeah, experiencing yeah, the possessions, but um, no, that's a great film. Although I, I've talked about this a few times now, but the thing about that film that's so brilliant and frustrating is that there are very few jump scares. And what they do instead is they build and build and build and build and build, and, build and then just cut to a new scene. I'm like, but no, I was going to get a jump scare and feel release, and now I feel really tight and no, stressed. Yet, so they let it bank up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's um. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a that's a really good list. I'm, I'm glad to hear you about the Conjuring. So I wasn't sure if that's the kind of film you would have seen because I, I feel it like modern. Yeah, it was on my list, but just I wanted to talk about Seven more than the Conjuring because I thought the Conjuring is too like it would have been brought up already. Um, it was. It was brought up last week. So good, good, good call. Yeah. Um, what I like about your list is it's a lot of older films. Um, yeah. It's it's more 80s and 90s. Last week uh, we had a lot of modern films, which is not a problem at all. Um, but it's nice to hear a bit of variation. And um, and even my list, I think, really started in the 2000s. I had nothing older than the 2000s in there. So it was good to hear you speak of some older films um, and some really wonderful movies. Um, but now I have to check out Screamers because there's, I know those other four are great. And uh, it's uh, you generally put in a pretty solid list. So. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, that means uh, we have one more thing to do before we wrap up the show, and that is do the Halloween rapid-fire question. Oh, I always suck uh, at these, but let's go. These ones are very monster-focused. Like, when oh. Tina was doing it for me, she was like, oh, it's just about monsters. I was like, yeah, because it's Halloween. Like, we're just, like, <laughs> you know, costumes, monsters, dressing, I don't know, like, just keep it fun. Uh, there's only, like, four or five questions, so it's pretty yeah. short. I should have uh, done a quiz. I should have prepared a quiz for this one because this one is, like, your thing. We can, um, you can always come back and quiz me, um, or we can do it next Halloween. We've, yeah. got, pl- we've got plenty of Halloweens ahead of us. Uh, <laughs> all right, Josh, your favorite movie monster who is it? Dracula. Wow, really? I wasn't expecting that. 
And so, yeah. do you go Bella Lugosi back to the 30s of the old black and white Dracula? Or are you going Gary Oldman Dracula? Or are you going Dracula 2000 with vitamin C? <laughs> Never that one. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like, um, I think Gary Oldman. That's a weird movie. I haven't watched that in a while. I had to study it for literature, I think, one of my writing classes. And that is a weird movie. Um, but I, it's beloved, so I should go back and give it another go. Yeah, um, cool. I just love the event. Well, that's what I was saying that to Tina. She's like, old, you like old, old pre, you know, mainstream vampires are cool. That's that's what I was saying to Tina. I was like, I was obsessed with vampires growing up. I loved vampires. Um, and then like I lost interest around like you know, Twilight Vampire Diaries, that sort of thing. And not that those shows and movies don't have their place. Like there's an audience for those films, and if that's a gateway to horror, then why not? Like, if people watch that and then want to go and look at more vampires, I was like, for me, Underworld was a big one. Yeah. Um, but Dracula, um, I, did, I was not expecting that. Yeah. I thought you were going to be like the Gill Man from Creature of the Black Lagoon. or I, mean, I like it aesthetically, but I just don't think there's enough there to love. Mm. No, not, he, he doesn't have enough to love. That's why he's always kidnapping women in the lagoon. <laughs> um, all righty. Which is the scariest movie monster? Oh. Are we talking about classic or just like across the Any spectrum? monster. It can be Freddy, Jason. It can be a monster from last year. Um, I didn't like the... Uh, oh, hang on. I had, a, I had a thought in my head, but... um. I think we're going for grotesque here. Um, I don't know. I think the thing. I'm going to go with the thing. Like one it's pretty scary. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what I said. I I would like to say that I said the fly, but now I can't remember what I said. But um, I would go with uh, you know the thing. I think it's a good one. You don't want to bump into him in the middle of the night, so I'll go with that one. Um. Something a bit more fun. If you had to take two different movie monsters and make them fight, just like Freddy and Jason, who are you putting in a fight? <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's a cool question. Um, <laughs> I would want to say, I definitely want to say Dracula, but um, oh, like a xenomorph. That is not something I was expecting, and I love it. It's so ridiculous. Like, yeah, I just thought of. I, I think my. I think mine was zombies. I can't remember what I, I did. I think I did zombies fighting something. But now I'm like, oh well, clearly the thing versus the blob because they'll just get stuck to each other and become this weird hybrid, like chewing uh, gum monster. It's, it's gonna be ridiculous. Like mm. <laughs> something that's like, like a hunter, like an elite hunter. I would never have picked that, but that is, I want to see that too. <laughs> um, and then the last question, the most ridiculous of the questions, because as you know, as this, as franchises grow and they run out of ideas, sequels get very strange settings. So which movie monster do you want to see set in space or Hawaii or the future? <laughs> Definitely not Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's been to space and the future, so he hasn't um, gone tropical yet. 
you know what? There's some. There's a cool idea with. So I think I think what we need to see more of in general is more more uh, folklore from other countries with mm. their, their horror folklore. Um, like, because like obviously every every like culture has like their own sort of horror. Sort of, it'd be cool to see more like um, you know folklore from like like you said like you know like a tropical like let let's see some like you know. Um, folklore from you know like uh south america like uh, that would be some cool folklore mm. you know like you know with, like the horror that they could sort of uh put together I, my brain's sort of fighting at the moment because i'm trying to think but um well uh, it's interesting is that because my answer was zombies on like a desert island or like on hawaii yeah because it's like this it's it's isolated so there's no escape like there's either you drown or you get eaten by zombies or you get burnt by the volcano that's erupting because I want to <laughs> add some pressure. I'm like, that's a, yeah. that was my one. Cause it's a silly question, but I was like, well, actually that would be kind of cool. I, I would like to see someone's like folklore, like horror folklore um, in a sort of tropical location. I know that's a very like messy answer, but. Um, that's fine. I, no I, wrong answers. Yeah. I, I really like it when like people in, like bring their folklore into, into a horror setting. Yeah. Yeah, like one of the, um, you know, some of the best stuff we've seen recently is like, you know, the introduction, you know, the introduction of the Krampus into the mainstream. Like, I think there's there's some more stories to be told about that that character, but that's a cool folklore. The Witch, I don't know if you watched The Witch, that came out a few years ago. Um, and that was like a, it was actually based on like American folklore, but it was just told in such a different way um, and executed in such a different way that it worked really well. Um, but I agree, like... Give me the weird goblins and imps and you know just weird monsters that you know they come from, they come from Europe. Like, give me some of those. Oh, those yeah, monsters. yeah. Give me some more European sort of things. Yeah, I definitely do. Like, give me like a dwarf that collects human ears or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like because like I feel like with horror, like I'll look at something and I'm like ah, oh, you know, like pa- Paranormal Activity, like ten, like no thanks, like. You know, surprise me. I um, that's I, I had made a very similar comment recently about Paranormal Activity. Like I haven't seen the first one, and I don't dislike it. Like it's a fine film, um, and I can see the appeal. But at the same time, I was like, oh, like this film exists because you had a you know this is not a criticism, but this film exists because that person had a budget of so much money. This is what they could do with it, and they could kind of do some jump scares, which is great. But now there's like seven of them, and um, I'm more interested in seeing yeah stuff that I haven't seen before. So um, I like the idea of bringing like monsters from folklore out into the mainstream and letting people see weird things, yeah. um, or do do what they did in the eighties and nineties and take like Disney characters. Like there's a Pinocchio horror film, there's a Rumpelstiltskin horror film, like get, like the Red Riding. Oh, there was a Red Riding Hood horror film which people didn't really like. I don't think, but um, like isn't like the classic movie monsters all from like like folklore anyway like dracula and the mummy and like werewolves they're like based in european Mm. stories and you know that sort of thing so they've all evolved into the mainstream starting off being like folklore yeah definitely absolutely um i think the good thing is like with horror you can take anything like you can take anything every day and put a dark twist on it like there's probably, and this is going to sound really weird, but there's probably a version of like Greek mythology that you can do as a horror film. 
Um, you could probably like take like Egyptian gods, like you can definitely take Egyptian gods and do a horror film. Yeah, the other thing too is like, don't give me modern day stuff as well. Like, I feel I feel like um, Prey really made me interested in seeing things in different settings. Yeah. Um, just yeah, don't necessarily give me something that's modern day. Like, I feel like it's you know you can do a lot with less. Like, I heard someone talking about Prey and like, so for the next one, can we have the Predator be in like the Jack the Ripper times? And they think it's Jack the Ripper, but it's really the Predator. And I, I was like, why not? <laughs> like, you know, I heard they were pitching like this movie like years ago and then like a medieval one as well. But I don't know how that would go. Like, with you know, like with swords and all that sort of stuff. I, you know, I thought this one was going to be a weird one, but it turned out fantastic. I could see it with swords. Um, as long as there's no magic. If they did, like, wizards and stuff, that would be a bit difficult. But well, I could see it with swords. Because I mean, she was she was an archer. She's like, a lot of archery and stuff. So, like, it'd just be more of that. Well, the, the theme has to be on point. So with Predator, it has to be about, you know, your instinct and your skills, you know, surviving to the terrain. And I think that's why Prey works so well. Because mm. it's, it's just boiled down to that. And they changed the Predator to match, you know. Because obviously you come in with, like, shoulder missiles, you know, everyone's gone. Yeah, that, I, I like that movie a lot. I think it got a little bit overhyped for me because it took a little yeah. while for me to get into it. But once you get to that scene where they're using them as bait and, like, it's all misty and stuff, like, then I was just in. I was like, this is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, but it was it was good. Um, I like your answers. I think that's those are some good, uh, some good answers to the horror rapid fire. Like, they're typical me answers. Like, they're very, like, vague, unanswered. <laughs> Nice one. Well, before we wrap up the show for the uh, for this week, um, do you have anything you want to plug? I know you're still still working away on. Have we announced the title? We have, haven't we? we it's, we're not calling it Project yeah. Rust Guard anymore. Um, yeah, I'm working on a action adventure game based on pollution called Junklands. You can follow it on Instagram and Twitter. Nice one. And the Deadleaf Games on Instagram is that right? Yeah, that that's the handle. Yeah. Nice one. Every time I see an update, I just get so excited. I tell you that all the time as well. Like every time I see an update, because I'm like, I I know the backstory. I know how Callum has been working on it. So when I just see like ideas brought to fruition, I just get very excited. Yeah, um, it's definitely like it's definitely like my baby. I think yeah. Um, I, I was just thinking about like another game you were working on like a decade ago, and I won't I won't name the name because I, I know that like you have mixed feelings about old projects, but I would love to see that game. To come back, it was a, a motorcycle game, and that's all I'll say. Oh yeah, no, desperate. <laughs> oh, I love that so My much. My memories come up all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think at that time would have been fun to do, but um, yeah. No. I have a Death Spuds T-shirt in, in this house somewhere. <laughs> I don't think it fits anymore, but um, that was great. I remember we would um, we would drive around, and I would pitch dialogue to you, like, <laughs> uh, like because there's like a side character, who's like a mechanic, whatever, called Randall, and I would just like pitch like. <laughs> Like, hey, dude, <laughs> like, it's like really like stoner burnout dialogue. And you're like, yes, let's do that. How would you even uh, describe that game? Motorcycle themed adventure game. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Sp- I would call it Spuds of Anarchy. That's what I would do. Yeah. That's how I would pitch it. Um, that was really fun. I would like <laughs> to see Death Spuds uh, in the future once you get through Junklands. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. Um, Excellent. Well, before we wrap up, I will do one more plug as well. I'm not plugging any of my stuff this month, being Halloween. I'm plugging all my guest stuff. Last Ooh. week, I spoke to some wonderful people from the US, uh, Tyler Hansen and Harley Bronwyn. 
they're making a fan film. It's called Scream the Fan Favourites. You can find them on Instagram right now. And if you type in Scream the Fan Favourites on Indiegogo, you can support their campaign. Please do it. They're very lovely. And uh, and it's a very, very cool project. So we want to give them all our support. And it's like five bucks. Like you just have to put, give five bucks and you can make a dream come true. And that's, that's, what, cool. we're all, that's what we're all about here. Um, Josh has done crowdfunding in the past. It's very stressful. It's very time-consuming. So if people can just throw a couple of dollars away, it makes all the difference. Um, excellent. That's going to do it for this week's episode of I Was a Teenage Film Snob. Uh, thank you again to my guest, Josh. It's always lovely having you on the show, and he'll be back again soon. I think next time we'll, we, might, we might be talking about 90s, um, although you want to talk about video games because the trailer for Super Mario came out. Um, and I'm all about that. I, that tra- trailer is so good. <laughs> Um, that's gonna do it thank you again for listening Uh, remember everyone I was a teenage film snob but I'm trying to be better we'll see you next week bye